Let's get an update on what's going on in the town of Wyndham. I am delighted this morning to be joined by the Wyndham town engineer, Brian Tarbell. He's got so many projects going on right now. Brian, good morning. Thanks for joining me today. And there's some things that are going to make this town look an awful lot better down the road, aren't there? <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. Thank you having for having me on. I think it's been about a year since uh, we last spoke, so there's been quite a bit happening, you're right. And um, I've met a lot of great people and had a lot of fun, so couldn't be happier. Well, right outside my back door here is the historic footbridge. What's the status of that? Because it does need some help. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, everyone knows it's an old bridge. Um, It's a beloved bridge in town. Um, The condition of it, unfortunately, is deteriorating. There's, There's some rust on it, but that's not a major issue. There's a lot of, you know, redundancy built into the bridge. However, we do need to get it inspected. Um, and load rated by some professional engineers. So the town approved funding for that to happen this year. And um, so we're going to, you know, get that done just to make sure we're, we're, we're still good but and have many more years of life from it. What's the timetable on that? When do you think that it'll be all spiffed up and ready to roll? Oh, uh, well, inspection, it won't, you know, if, with an inspection, it won't look any different. It's going to be the same bridge. Um, but I, I need to get that done this year. It's, it's time. It's been a couple of years since we've had it inspected, so considering the age and the condition, it's it's um, the right thing to do. There are major changes going on in the street behind our building here, which is Riverside Drive, which parallels Main Street. People used to be able to turn off the Bridge Street and go all the way past the old Willie Trust building, now called the Foster Building, onto Main Street. You can't do that anymore. The road is now closed at the Foster Building. You're forced to turn left up Railroad Street. So just talk about that entire project, including the reason why that portion of Riverside Drive will be taken away from traffic. Yeah, so, I mean, that's quite a a substantial construction. There's not a lot of real estate for them to work, so they they approached the town a while back asking for permission to use that space for as a lay-down area for materials and equipment uh, and really for safety purposes to keep um, the airline trail recreational users a little further away and the the traffic because, you know, for being a back road, it it does get a lot of cut-through traffic, um, as, as you know. And so that was one thing that we thought would be um, smart in that situation. So, yes, it does change the flow of traffic. But, um, you know, in, in doing that, we're, we're really following a, a 2016 road safety audit completed by the DOT and their traffic engineers. Um, and they identified one of the main issues, concerns, is that connection onto Main Street from Riverside um, and they recommended that, um, you know, users of of the trail and, uh, you know, basically avoid that intersection. Um, you know, that was a long-term goal identified in that report. So it's, you know, I think that intersection is something that's evolved um, from the railroad, use of the railroad um, time. And I don't think it was ever intended to be a, a, an, intersec- an intersection with that sharp of an angle. Um, so where this comes from is... Um, the FHWA and, you know, other engineering, you know, the engineering handbook, um, for example, you know, they all concur that when you look at intersections for traffic safety, I mean, ideally they can, they should be at 90, but, you know, certainly there's some latitude there if it's not quite 90. I mean, we're in New England, so there's lots of unique intersections, but, um, you know, at at a minimum, they're looking for not less than 60 degrees. So, and this one, this one's 30 degrees, so it really 
is far and away beyond, you know, a safe approach angle for vehicles um, who may have, um, you know, limited range in their, you know, driving capability to see in those blind blind areas. So, and plus, it's not signalized right at that intersection. So, from an engineering perspective, it's you know shutting this this portion of Riverside Drive down at, at least temporarily is is um, is a good thing. And considering all the increased traffic that's going to be there because of the forty five new apartments. Yeah, and where Riverside Drive used to come out on Main Street, that's a dangerous left turn because of that 30-degree angle you talked about. You also mentioned the airline trail and the rail trail, and the way it's working right now is the Willimantic River Trail essentially crosses Bridge Street, goes on Riverside Drive, and then becomes the Airline North Trail. So how does it affect riders, walkers, bikers who are going to be using that? Are they still going to be recommended to be taking Riverside Drive and then what, going up Railroad Street to Maine? Right. So, you know, back when I came on a year ago, I basically started looking at that um, that travel way for recreational users for safety. Um, and just recently, kind of through that time, we had uh, another grant funded by the Capital Region COG and their transportation consultants they looked at the same problem and basically came up with the same solution as, as in 2016, which is to avoid that intersection. They also pr- kind of took some of our, de- our ideas for parking on Riverside Drive, and they provided a, you know, an engineered CAD drawing that um, you know, uh, we and the public works are going to use. So the, the layout right now has parallel parking. We're going to um, change all of that parking to... Um, diagonal parking in the center of the road, and we're going to create more space for the airline trail. We're going to um, paint with green markings to really delineate that path and make more space for users so users won't be traveling down the center of the lane, which is, again, something that's evolved. I mean, that, that was what was recommended years ago, but traffic has changed and vehicles have changed. So, um, so they're going to come down Riverside and cross Main Street uh, using Railroad Street. And that that's, as you know, an actuated signalized intersection, so it'll be much safer. And then on the other side of Main Street, what we can do is paint, you know, widen, widen the um, uh, sidewalk a little bit and, again, use painted, green-painted uh, markings to really delineate that path and make it a nice, clear pathway for users, which is always a, a little bit, I think, a lot of feedback in around that intersection, it was hard to follow for people that weren't familiar with the area. So, and Riverside Drive stays one way eastbound. It's not going to be two ways. I know it's tight down there toward Bridge Street. I mean, from an engineering perspective, it's. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, I know there's a, a lot of debate about keeping that open or, but for two way traffic. But um, you know, I, w- I would love to see it be one way. Um, you know, and and as it is now but brian i have not heard the town hall clock chiming for a while can you bring it back to life (laughs) Uh, i may but you know we're going to need some help um that's one of my favorite projects wayne truthfully um we met a company out of maine um who came down and you know they're both in in their later years in life and maybe not doing this for much longer so we really want to um you know, get this work done and with their expertise, because I think they're one of maybe the only company that 
that does this type of restoration in the nation. And what they're proposing is really exciting. They want to take the clock mechanism, so the 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 nuts and bolts of the clock itself. They want to take that down. They'll they'll bring it back to life and and polish it up and and retune it. Um, and what they what they can do, and they've done this at Yale University, the American Museum of um, uh, Natural History, the clocks around the United States and, and the world. Really, they've taken that clock and and can move it down, or in any really you know not that fu- not that close to the original location. Um, and you put encase it um, so that it it makes it more visible for the community, and they can come up and you know see how these antique clocks work and um, and tick. So we're get, we're proposing, and what the plan is to to bring it down from the tower, which is really inaccessible for for most people, um, and bring it down to the third floor. And what we do is we extend the shafts from the clock to back to the tower. And you know, install gears and linkage uh, back to the clock faces, so it'll operate exactly as it is now. It the clock itself will just be in a new location, so it's gonna, it really is gonna look beautiful. Um, and I think Willamannic is gonna be, and Wyndham is gonna be really proud of that clock. Is it a challenge with that old clock when you have to change the clocks for daylight saving time? Uh, well, we're going to get an instruction manual, and they've they've really encouraged us to to do this. But I don't I don't think so, not at all. And little known fact that you can go around town today telling all your pals about the clock tower. Today's date, June twenty second, eighteen ninety six, shortly after the town hall opened, that the clock first chimed out the hours for all of Willimantic to hear. Today is the anniversary of the opening of Town Hall and the first time that that clock tower chimed out. Brian, if I'm doing things at Jilson Square, including the Boombox Parade, by the way, but Shabu Stage, things like that, and how do I delicately put this? I got to take a leak. You got any good news for me? Yeah, we have. We've been working with um, another engineering company who who specializes in architecture um, and, and structural plans. So, yeah, we, we can help you, Wayne, um, pretty soon. We have plans that are about 95% done. Um, I hope in the next couple, couple of weeks we'll get some an advertisement to bid out for, for construction. So that's definitely going to happen pretty soon. Um, we just needed to finalize the, the sewer and water details, the connections into um, – you know, the the surrounding pipelines. Sounds good. And hey, let's go back to Bridge Street a little bit and the Willimantic Whitewater Park. That's been talked about for over a decade or so, but there is some progress being made there. Do tell. Yeah, thanks for asking. The, um, the committee had, has been very active, um, and recently they were awarded uh, a $500,000 grant to develop that park, and we could the town couldn't be happier. It's right in the center of Willimantic, and um you know, right next to that beautiful river. So that's that's a real amount of money that they can improve um, the any sort of structure, whatever they decide, really, um, to really showcase that area, make it make it inviting for the community to come out and um, and get close to the Willimantic River and appreciate its beauty. So that we we interviewed some consultants to to help us with those plans as. 
you know, there are some challenges developing that site. It, it was a former, well, it is a brownfield site, so there is some um, co- pl- planning that needs to, to go in, into it. But, um, you know, it's nothing that hasn't been done before and, and fairly straightforward, actually. So we're super excited about that project. And this is more of a Jim Bolano question, the economic development director, but when this Whitewater project is up and running and eventually done, won't that be an economic boon for the town? Yeah, I mean, that's def- that's one of our factors in selecting the consultant is, is to make sure they that they... Um, you know, realize that this is this is an important important part for Willimantic. Um, you know, to draw people here, um, and hopefully, you know, down the road in another phase of con- development, we can, you know, pr- do more with the trail systems and and um, you know, possibly actually have a whitewater path. Um, you know, cha- with changing the configuration of the you know the rocks um, so that. It'll, be a, uh, an ally for whitewater enthusiasts. Let's head down to Wyndham and the Chetucket Park irrigation project is nearly done. Why was it needed and where does it stand now? So, yeah, so that project, I mean, with the, you know, the Wyndham the Columbia Soccer Alliance, CWSA, um, there's, there's, there's 500 kids that use that field every day, every week, and there's there's other groups that use that field, and it doesn't take long without irrigation and, um, you know, proper management for it to just turn brown and go bare. So, um, you know, again, the one of the resources that we have in this town is rivers, um, and so being near that river, we there was a well installed um, in the past, so we tapped into that and installed an irrigation system for, you know, relatively minimal cost. Um, and that allows the public works crew to, you know, apply grub control um, and fertilizer if needed um, and just water it because because of the heavy use it gets. So, again, we're really excited about that. And that's the irrigation is done. Um, and because all the teams have moved off it, we thought it was a good time to do some soil improvements. We've aerated it, um, added some sand into that uh, soil mixture to make it a little more drainable, and, um, of course, we're overseeding and fertilizing, and then water, so we're excited about that. Do you occasionally have problems there with the Chetucket River overflowing and flooding the property? Uh, I'm, uh, not that I've experienced. Um, I, I haven't encountered that. Um, I can't see that being a, a big problem. It's, I guess it's possible, but... And we're joined this morning by the Wyndham Town Engineer, Brian Tarbell, who is B-R-Y-A-N. Says here, Brian, that Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, is a boy's name of Irish origin. Are you of Irish origin? Unfortunately, no, Wade. I can't make that great connection for you. (laughs) But do you like Brian Adams? Because you guys spell your first name the same way. Oh, yeah. Great artist. There we go. All right. You've got some local ties. Tell us about some of those local ties you've got. Uh, boy, um, I, it goes back a lot of years. I, I recently learned, I don't know why I didn't know it, but my grandparents graduated from Wyndham in 1940. And, um, you know, we were recently looking through some, some boxes and, um, have found just a lot of really special artifacts and memorabilia from this area, um, going back a lot of years. So that's been exciting. It's been having more meaning for, to me now. Um, since I've I've worked in Wyndham for the last year, and 
So it's it's pretty neat. And you've been on the job as town engineer for about a year or so, and you love this town, don't you? Yeah, it's um, it's really special. The, the the there's so many volunteers that that come out to help the town that really see Wyndham um, for its its beauty and it it's contagious. And I I really appreciate that, and um, it makes the work so much more enjoyable. Uh, back to some of the projects the Wyndham Town Engineer Brian Tarbell is involved with, and here's something with some pretty good news as far as Rec Park and the folks who play baseball and softball down there. Tell me about that. So that has uh, a, a very decent real money for some improvements, um, including uh, parking and drainage and just kind of redeveloping that area. I know they've been doing um, some uh, truck pads work there for food vendors, um, and we're also planning on doing an overhaul on the lighting for that park. So, so that's exciting. A lot of the parks are getting lighting improvements, including uh, Legion, um, Chetucket, and and we're trying to do some lighting at Chilson Square. So those under the ARPA resolution all were separate projects. But what engineering is trying to do is um, kind of broaden that umbrella a little bit and tie everything together to advertise for construction. So we, f- we feel like there can be some savings in administrative costs um, and some efficiency with time, too, to make sure that gets done. Because, of course, with the ARPA funds, um, you know, there's a timeline to those um, projects, and they, they'll expire if we don't get them started. So, so we're excited to do that. And I think you just referred to this, but in that street that separates the baseball field at REC and the upper field, the softball field, there's been some large concrete blocks lately. What are those for? Uh, I believe those are for the the food the vendors, the truck pads. So it's to um, you know create a space for them that they can can park and and just have a little more. Um, consistency for the people using that space and um, they'll have they'll have power um, and it'll just be a natural spot for for those food vendors so we we get everything cleaned up a little bit and a great spot for people and families to enjoy the park so this new lighting for rec park chatucket park legion and jilson squares field how will that save the town money over time well, we'll take all the halogen bulbs that are that burn really hot, and they they use a, there's a lot of um, energy in that heat. So, um, when you convert to LEDs, which are a lot cooler, um, there's a lot of energy savings. So, that's uh, important for the town to do as soon as we can, so we can start appreciating that that money saved. And I love the job that's done by the Wyndham Animal Control people. We've had them on talking about some of the projects they're involved with, including discouraging people from leaving dogs in hot cars this time of the year. But they've got a staff building that you're going to be doing some work on. Tell me about that. Right. So, again, under some of the ARPA resolution, and this, this project actually has a matching local capital improvement funds um, from the state for a a new building for the staff. Um, the conditions there were, were pretty tight. The, the dogs were shared the sa- basically the same space as the staff, and um, so they were overcrowded for one. But um, if we can create some more space for them, there'll be a, 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 an adoption area for, for people to come in, and it will also create um, some showers and laundry facilities for the staff to, to clean, to clean um, and just have a more 
sanitary condition um, for for working. So we're excited about that. When the plans are are done, that's really on my desk right now um, to finalize and, and advertise for construction. And then what do you do with the existing building? We're going to keep that. That's going to just allow more space for pets. So, you know, there might be some minor modifications and um, changes to the interior shape um, for for animal stalls and things like that. But um, that's yet to be determined. But we're going to keep that building. It's going to be used. And one of the jewels of this town is the garden on the bridge. And there's a walkway that goes from basically Main Street, over to the Pleasant Street side. What kind of improvements will be made on that? Yeah, so that's another, you know, one of those, the, the volunteers are really the story behind that. They're, they've been incredible. They've really pushed that project um, a long way, and they've received a grant for funding um, to remove the, the broken-up sidewalk on the Pleasant Street side and replace that with, with uh, pavers. Um, and along with that construction, we can run some conduit for, for lighting and we can improve the drainage. So that's really exciting. And, you know, they've also worked for another grant on the bridge side um, for lighting and improving the, the planters and, um, you know, keeping that looking fresh and new. So that's really exciting. Um, I'm, I'm happy for them and excited for that project as well. And a popular place at Lauder Park is the Splash Pad, and there's improvements coming there. Like what? That one was a tough one. We put we put um, some effort into that. We were really hoping to expand the splash pad. Um, that bid, unfortunately, there was only one bidder, and they came in literally, um, you know, several hundred thousand dollars over the the money we had could give it, and um, and it just wouldn't have added that much for for that cost. So we're we're looking at alternatives to that. But um, in that process, what came out was the. Uh, the bathrooms really need um, an upgrade. It's they're, they they need work. If we're going to bring more people to that area, we have to look at the uh, facilities that are there and kind of have them match. Um, so the structures are beautiful. We just want to have the have them working and shining good. So you've talked this morning about some of these projects include money that came from ARPA. Is the Lauder Park Splash Pad one of those, or is that town money? No, that's that's also ARPA. Yeah, yeah. That, so all of the all of this work is is really a lot of ARPA. There is some LOPA or low SIP, and of course the the, the footbridge would, that would be town. But um, you know that that I'm really only touching on the ARPA projects, and there's you know so much more I could go into. But um, that's really that's really a, it. I know, Brian, as a guy who was admitted to the University of Connecticut in the School of Engineering, that didn't last very long, by the way, but I'm curious about you being town engineer in the town of Wyndham and what it was that started you in this direction of wanting to be an engineer. Uh, so my my uncle was a surveyor. He was a land surveyor, and he invited me one summer to do some work with him, and I loved the fact that I could could do work in the field, but also bring that work back to a computer and, you know, kind of use my brain a little bit. I love the math. I love drawing. Um, and he, he really inspired me to to go move in this direction. So It almost sounds to me that it's not just a matter of you being in charge of some of these projects, but you do some of the actual hands-on engineering work yourself you talked about doing some of the drawings the drafting and things like that yeah the well for example the the riverside drive the park 
right in back of you, um, that was something that <clears throat> I drafted out, um, and then I did collaborate with, once that was finished, I collaborated with uh, the the COG team, and, um, you know, they kind of took the bones of what I had and really enhanced it, but, um, you know, so I, I do, yeah, I love that back and forth and collaboration. It was exciting. What kind of engineer are you? I mean, there's civil engineers. My goal when I was admitted to UConn was to be an aeronautical engineer, and my grandfather kind of directed me in that area. And then three years later, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. So Gramps was pretty cool on that. So what, what, what is your specialty as far as engineering, or are you a Jack or a Brian of all trades? No, I mean, like like my predecessor, uh, the great Joe Gardner, I'm a I'm deep down a dirt engineer, um, but that's that's evolved into utility easements and um, work on the transportation side. So um, I've had you know more experience in that, um, but but it is such a broad field. I mean, engineering covers a lot of grounds. There's environmental remediations. There's there's bridge work. Um, you know, you name it and it it comes through an engineer. The aforementioned Joe Gardner took me for a tour of the nearly then nearly completed intermodal transportation center called by everybody else in town the parking garage there on Walnut Street, and that ended up being a really productive project for the town. Now that it's built, is the town engineer out of the equation, or do you go by and take a look at that every now and then? <laughs> well, there's an elevator um, that that gives us a challenge every now and then, um, which is working now for everybody um, to know, but uh, largely done. Um, There's some funding, there's some paperwork that still has to get wrapped up on that from the the funding agencies, but, you know, construction and and everything else that's done. The only thing we're doing now is is coming July 1st, we're going to turn on the parking meter for people to you know they'll still have for uh, the first three hours free, but after that it'll be um, I think two dollars an hour. I have to look at that, but yeah. Brian, I'm I'm looking at your webpage here on the Town of Wyndham's website. It says Department Engineering, and then it says Town Engineer Tasks and Duties. Oh my gosh, there's like I don't know forty or fifty different things on here that you're in charge of. I mean I'm not sure how you managed to, you know be up 24-7 taking care of all this stuff. But of all these things that I'm looking at right here, what are the areas that you spend the most time on over a course of a day, a week, a month, or a year? Uh, well, it's it's projects. It's the various projects, keeping them moving. Um, there's permitting. People come in. They have um, drainage concerns. Water's coming into their driveway. Water's flooding their, their yard. Um uh, excavations, apron work, um, and transportation things. Um, we're working on paving Wyndham Street extension. So it's it's mostly projects, but there's there's a lot of um, other things too. We haven't mentioned any of the solar projects. Um, you know, we're trying to keep those going. Um, and there's uh, car charging stations that we're maintaining. Um, so there's goes on. Tell me more about the solar projects. Where do those stand? Well, we were told that the connection at the on Rec Park, the landfill solar project, that the the interconnection fee wasn't possible because of recent changes to the grid. So 
we were advised to look at a, a net metering project off, uh, out of Wyndham. Um, that didn't materialize. Um, so now the we're trying to get that going again somehow. Um, but that, that is definitely stalled. But there is another project that um, um, Chris Johnson has been working on with a company, and he's been working on that for a long time. So, you know, we've discussed these projects a lot and how um, they've changed, but we can still tap into the the the, um, the programs available um, for solar. So we're, we're we still have an eye on that. It's just evolved a little bit. You touched a minute ago on people sometimes call if they have flooding issues. Are those flooding from the WWW water, or is that flooding from a local stream or river? What causes that flooding? Um, a lot of times it's just rain, and there might be curbing, there might not be, but the water might come onto their their yard and it might wash sands and silts, or, or in one instance it comes into their walkway area, um, you know, and in the wintertime that could ice up. So that's something, you know, we, we want to look at and make sure they're, they're safe. But um, for the most part, it's, it's not flooding from, you know, major events And lastly, Brian, we were talking about this off-air a bit, but I kind of wanted you to share this on the air, going back to sort of what we talked about earlier today. You've been on the job as town engineer in the town of Wyndham for a year or so, but over that span, you have been really impressed by some of the town officials that you work with. Sure. I, you know, I, I, um, Jim Rivers, I know uh, he he is a town manager. He is my boss, but... Um, you know, I'm not saying that I've worked with a number of different firms in my 25 plus years. Um, he's he's a great person to work for. He has a good long-term vision uh, for the town, and um, you know, he's been helpful and supportive. Um, so that's been very appreciated. It's all good news and some really important updates, Brian. I really appreciate you sharing what's been going on here in the town of Wyndham. Thanks for your time this morning. Great, Wayne. Thank you for having me on. Ryan Tarbell, the town engineer in Wyndham on WILI.